Well, hey everyone, thanks for checking out this message from Journey Church. These resources are so awesome to have when you're out in nature like we are and you gotta go be outside on these nice days. However, we want you to know that there is nothing better than true fellowship with believers and live worship with your fellow Christians. So be sure to use this message only in conjunction with getting fed in a community of believers. Hey, we also want you to get connected with us, so be sure to text the word CONNECT to 307-271-9160 so that you can stay in the loop with everything happening at Journey Church and get notifications about upcoming events. Hey, we pray that this message encourages you and inspires you as you continue this life on your walk with Jesus. Well, happy 4th of July weekend. It is great uh, that you've chosen to join us here for our one service this Sunday. Because we're only doing one service, it means that I can preach twice as long today. So you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah. Okay, some of you are applauding. I don't know why, but you're applauding that. Others probably a little fearful that I'm serious about that, and I'm not. Uh, what a beautiful time of worship here today, uh, and it was so beautiful because, uh, and you may have not known this, but uh, our two uh, wonderful vocalists here today, uh, Chris and Maddie, they are mother and daughter, and so that is so special to be able to see that and have them uh, have them lead us in worship. And... Um, Chris has got such an incredible, incredible ability to lead, an incredible voice, and Maddie does as well, just following in her mother's footsteps. So I'm excited about what the Lord has for her in the future uh, as well. Today, uh, we're going to talk really about freedom. We're going to talk about what freedom really means. Uh, This message today, we had finished up our series last week on the 10 Great Words for Life when we had gone through the Ten Commandments, and today's idea came out of a conversation that I had with Pastor Grant in my office, and it was a sermon that was written in my mind in about 15 seconds, which is a remarkable thing because that never happens, but sitting there having that conversation. Now, I spent more than 15 seconds preparing, just so you know, uh, for this message, but it was just formulated. The outline and the bones and the structure of it were just a conversation that Pastor Grant and I were having, and we were really talking about freedom. One of the ideas of this that came out of this is what does true freedom really look like? This is Freedom Weekend. It is the time of celebration of freedom in our country, but what does real freedom look like? You know that we all carry upon ourselves, we all carry labels. I don't know if you knew this or not, but you have labels that are attached to you. Maybe your mom or dad or husband or wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, student, uh, maybe you're a child, whatever it is, you have a label that you carry upon yourself. They define us, they identify you, most importantly, they cause you to believe something about yourself and they cause other people to believe something about you because of the label that you carry. I was listening to a friend of mine overhearing a conversation with a friend of mine and this friend um, who, who's um, somebody that I admire, he made a statement that kind of bothered me. Now, now, I never talked about this statement with this friend of mine, but the friend made this statement. He said, he said I am a felon. That was the statement that was made. And the reason it bothered me, because I thought in my mind, after I heard that, I thought this title, you were, 
but that's not who you are today. Do you know that who you were is no longer who you are? I hear people, and, and this is kind of common in Alcoholics Anonymous or, or NA or GA or whatever it might be, and they will make statements standing up in front of a group, I am an alcoholic or I am a drug addict or I am a gambler. But you could really fill in the blank with anything. I am, uh, I, I, I am a felon. I am uh, depressed. I am an adulterer. I am angry. I am anxious. I am worthless. I am unlovable. I am rejectable. I'm a failure, I'm a people pleaser, I'm an approval addict. And what I want you to know today, that what real freedom looks like in life is when you can say, that's who I was, but I am no longer that. I was that person, but God has set me free. And real freedom is the ability to start seeing yourselves the way God sees you, that I was But because of freedom, I am no longer that person today. As we get into this, would you pray with me? And let's get into God's word together this morning. Father, help us to hear from you. Help us to have your heart. Help us to understand your mind and how it is that you look at us. Every one of us can look at our labels and we can say, that's who I am. Am. That's who I feel like I am. That's who I carry around with me. But Lord, help us to look at ourselves from your perspective because your perspective says that's who you were. And you're no longer that today. I pray, Father, that you would set us free, set the captive free, and help us to understand how your freedom changes us from the inside out. Help us to see ourselves from your eyes and your perspective as people who are now different than whom we have ever been. Father, we thank you and we pray for your spirit to be on us and for us to hear from you directly today. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul makes an incredible statement. And here's the statement that he makes. And this is what we're going to look at today. And we're going to look at four things that happen because of the difference that God makes in our lives. But here's what Paul says. 1 Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter 6, verses 9 through 11, Paul says this. He says, or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, he's writing this message to the church that was in Corinth, and he was reminding the people in Corinth who they now are in Christ. Because you have a relationship with God, this is who you are now. You're no longer who you've always been. He says, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, he says, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what do all of these sins have in common? They're a common root in all of them. They come from a depraved heart and a depraved mind. All of them, doesn't matter what category they are, doesn't matter where you put them in the order, doesn't matter what they are really, it's just that they all come from a depraved heart and a depraved mind. Now, God is going to go on to say these words, that's not who you are. Look what he says, the next thing that Paul makes as a statement, and such were some of you. Such were some of you. It's not who you are today, 
It's who you used to be. And you can't keep living today according to who you've always been. You have to be different from what you've always been. You were this, but you're no longer that person. You're no longer the person that you've always thought you were created in your mind to be. You're no longer the accumulation of your past mistakes, your past sins, your past failures. Today, as you sit here, if you have a relationship with the Lord, you today are different. He says, and such were some of you. It is past, it is no longer the case. Now notice what he does. He makes the next statement, but, and that is a significant statement in the text. He says, but, no longer who you are, but you were washed you were sanctified, and you were justified. You are clean, you have been set apart, and you have been forgiven. Not of your own works, it is what God has done in your life. You were that way, but God cleaned you, God set you apart, and God made you free. And that is now who you are. You're no longer who you used to be, now you are different. All of this has happened in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. We are no longer who we were, we are different. You were that person, but that's not who you are today. So I wanna show you today four things that have become different because of the relationship that you have with God as you sit here today. Number one, the first thing that has become different, you were means that you are a new creation. That's what it means. You were means that you are a new creation. Did you know that you are no longer the person that was born? You are completely different. You are a brand new creation. I love this idea and this concept that you have been made new. And there's a reason to rejoice because you are a new creation of God. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17, Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, so if you have a relationship with the Lord, you're no longer who you used to be now, you're a new creation, Paul says. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. Now, if you, let's just, let's use some examples of this and what would this mean and what would this look like? If you had an old car and you were going to restore that car and the car was beautiful, you love this car, it was an old car and the car had a serious rust problem, you would not just take it to the body shop and tell them just put a new coat of paint. Let's just paint over the problem and pretend like the problem doesn't exist. If you did that, it would look shiny for a while, but all of a sudden the rust would start eating its way through. Why is that? Because there's a problem on the inside. You can't change the problem on the inside by just putting a new coat of paint on the outside. It has to become brand new. You have to cut away the old and new has to be in its place. And that's what the new creation is. God didn't just slap a label on you or paint you over with a brush. He made you new from the inside out. How many of you have seen the new Top Gun movie? Have you gone to see that? A lot of people have. Isn't, that is such an awesome movie. I remember when it came out, because I was a teenager when it came out in the 80s, and I just loved this. Now, my wife loved it as well, 
my theory is because the guys were playing sh uh, volleyball without shirts on, and that was the reason that she loved it. Now, she denies that, but I don't know if I really believe her uh, at all. Um, Anyway, we watched the movie, we went and saw the movie, and it was really, really a good movie. Now, as you look at Tom Cruise today, who is, I think, almost 60 years of age, you can tell if you put his pictures of then and now side by side that Tom has had a little work done. Have you seen, can you tell that? He's had just a little bit of work done, a little facial work that has been done. Let's say this, you were diagnosed with cancer and your first reaction to being diagnosed with cancer is, you know what, I need to have a facelift. That's what's going to help me. If I have a facelift, that'll fix the problem. Or you think, if I get a little Botox and my lips become more pouty, that will become the answer to the problem. And the, the truth is, no, it won't, because the real problem is cancer that is eating away at your soul. The cancer has to be fixed. It has to be healed. It has to be made new. That's what God does in our lives. He makes you new so that you are no longer who you used to be. He has now made you new from the inside out. We are new creations made by God. God promised this in the Old Testament. In Ezekiel chapter 36, he says this, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. He doesn't say, I will just give you a, a, a changed heart. He doesn't just say, I will correct your heart. He says, I'm going to give you something brand new. It's new to you, a new spirit, a new heart. I'm going to put them within you. And I'm going to remove the old, the heart of stone and the heart of flesh. And I'm going to give you this heart of flesh. God makes you new. You are no longer who you were. You have been made a new creation. Number two, you were means that you are also, that you have, you're not just a new creation, but you were means that you have a new identity. Did you know that you have a new identity? Now, in our day, how do you identify seems to be the question of the hour. I'm sick of this question, and I'm sick of reading about this question. How do you identify? And what is meant by that is some nonsensical ways of thinking about your life. So, for example, and I don't know what all of these things mean, but you can today be a woman but identify as a man. You could be a man and identify as a woman. You can be uh, a gender, not just a gender, but a gender. It's one word run together. You can be binary. You can be non-binary. You can be bi-gender. You can be gender fluid, transgender, omnigender. You can be LGBTQ plus minus divided by number sign dollar sign, percentage sign, and throw in whatever you want to be. How you identify, though, as a Christian is something completely different. As a person who was, you have a new identity that becomes the most important identity of any identity you will ever have, and that is when you have a relationship with the Lord, you become a child of God, you become a friend of God. It says this in John chapter 1, verse 12. Jesus, it says about Jesus, all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's your identity. You're a new creation with a new identity. I am a child of God. I'm a child of the king, a child of the creator, a child of the almighty. I am his child. But it's not just a child. We're also his friend. 
John says, or Jesus says in John 15, 15, he says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Did you know that God looks at you as a friend? You're a child of God and a friend of God, and that becomes your new identity. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, you are a chosen race, that's identity, you're a royal priesthood, that's an identity. You are a holy nation, a new identity, a people for his own possession, that's a new identity, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That is a new identity. That is what God has done. You were, means you're a new creation with a new identity. You're, you were also means that you have a new set of desires, your desires change on the inside as well. What is a desire? That's a craving. That's a longing. That's a wantings. My desires change. Have any of you seen that take effect in your own life? That when you came to know the Lord and you started walking with him as a new creation, that your desires completely changed. Once I desired to pursue the world and all of its effects... I desired success and I desired to climb the corporate ladder. But when you come to know the Lord, your desires change from the inside out. Paul says this in Ephesians 4. He says, now I say and I testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. But we've been given a new heart, remember, Ezekiel. They have become callous and they have given themselves over to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have really heard about him and you have a relationship with him and you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. You will have new desires. The deceitful desires are gone. Now you have a new desire. Psalm 73, it says this. You guide me with your counsel and afterward you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fall, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. He has given me a new desire. I, I'm a new creation, and I have a new identity, and I have a new set of desires. What else do I have? Finally, I have a new purpose. You were means you have a new purpose. What is, what is purpose? What is purpose all about? Well, that really helps you to identify who you are in this world. It really identifies three things. It declares why you exist. Why, why were you born? That's the purpose. What purpose do I have? Why do I exist? Why did Jesus die for me? It defines your life. Not in terms of what you think, but what God thinks. It's an anchor to your soul. Your purpose also clarifies the non-negotiables. It clarifies and identifies what never changes about you even when the circumstances change. 
No matter what circumstances you go through, it clarifies who you really are. That is your purpose. Do you know that when God sets us free and we are a new creation and, and, and we have a new identity and we have a new set of desires, that new purpose falls out of that. It flows out of that naturally. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 Solomon writes this, one of the most famous books in the Bible, and he talks about all of the things that he did to try to make himself happy, and he realized that none of it would matter. None of it helped. None of it made him happy ever. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, he says this. He says, the end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed into judgment. With every secret thing, whether good or evil. So what is, the, what is the purpose of mankind? It is to fear God and to keep his commandments. Do you know, there's a famous catechism called the Westminster Catechism. And when they came up with that, they came up with and answered the question, what is the chief aim of man? And here's the answer they came up with. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That becomes your purpose. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. He says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That is the purpose of mankind. That is why we exist. When you are a new creation and you have a new identity and you have a new set of desires and you have a new purpose, you finally can say, with, with God... That's who I was, but I am no longer that person today. Are you living a life with new labels? Are you living a life putting away the old labels? Are you living life as a new creation with a new identity, with new desires and a new purpose? That's what ultimate freedom is. Freedom is not just taking away the problems that we face in the world. Freedom is truly being set free spiritually, emotionally, psychologically by God who does the work of setting us free. I want to close today with a story. And the story is one that some of you have heard before. The story is a story called The Wemix. Some of you may have heard that. It may be years since you have heard that. But I believe that this story fits very, very well with how we are going to close this service today, with understanding what are those labels and how do they affect us? And am I really living life as somebody who is different? I was, but I'm no longer that today. Listen to this story. The Wemix were small wooden people. These little wooden people were carved by a woodmaker named Eli. Eli's workshop sat on a hill overlooking the Wemix village. Every one of the Wemix were different. Some of the Wemix had big noses. Others had large eyes. Some were tall. Others were short. Some wore hats. Others wore coats. But all were made by the same carver and all lived in the same village. All day long, every day, the Wemix did the same thing. They gave each other stickers. Every Wemic had a box of golden star stickers and another box of dull gray dot stickers. Up and down the streets, they went all over the city. 
And everywhere you looked, people could be seen sticking gold stars or gray dots onto each other. Now, the pretty ones, those with smooth wood and fine paint, always got shiny gold stars. But if the wood was rough or the paint was chipped, well, the Weemix would give them dull gray dots. The talented ones got stars also. Some could lift big sticks high above their heads or jump over tall boxes. Still others knew big words or could sing very pretty songs. Every one of them gave them shiny gold stars. Some Weemix had stars all over them. Every time they got a star, it made them feel so good that they did something else and they got another star. There were many other Weemix, though, that could do very little. They got dull gray dots. There was one little Weemix, and his name was Punchinello. Now, now Punchinello tried to jump high like the others, but he always fell. And when he fell, the others would gather around him and give him dull gray dots. Sometimes when he fell, he would scar his wood, so the people would give him more dots. He would try to explain why he fell, and in doing so, he would say something really silly, and the Weemix would give him even more dots for that. After a while, Punchinello had so many dots that he didn't want to go outside. He was afraid that he would do something dumb, such as forget his hat or step in the water, and then people would give him more dull gray dots. In fact, he had so many gray dots that some people would just come up and give him one without any reason. He deserves lots of dots, they would say. The wooden people would agree with each other, and they would say things like this, he's not a good wooden person. After a while, Punchinello believed them. I am not a good Weemick, he would say. The few times he went outside, he liked to hang around other Weemicks who had a lot of gray dots because at least he felt better around them. One day, Punchinello met a Weemick who was unlike any he'd ever met. She had no gray, dull, uh, dull gray dots, and she also didn't have any shiny golden stars. She was just a wooden Weemick, and her name was Lucia. It wasn't that people didn't try to give her stickers, it's just that the stickers didn't stick to her. Some admired Lucia for having no dots, and they would run up and give her a star, but it would fall off. Some would look down on her for having no stars, and they would give her a dot, but that one wouldn't stick either. Punchinello saw her, and thought to himself, that's the way I want to be. I don't want anyone else's marks. So he asked the stickerless Weemick how she did it. And she replied and said to him, it's easy. Every day I go see Eli. Punchinello asked Eli, who is Eli? She replied, Eli, he's the woodcarver. I sit in his workshop and I spend time with him. He asked Lucia, why do you do that? Lucia told him, why don't you go find out for yourself? Go up the hill and visit him. He's there. And with that, the sweet little Weemick named Lucia turned and skipped away. As she was skipping away, Punchinello cried out to her saying, but he won't want to see me. 
Lucia didn't answer him as she was too far away, so Punchinello just went home. He sat near a window and he watched the wooden people as they just scurried around, giving each other gold stars or gray dots. It's just not right, he muttered to himself. With that, he resolved that he was going to go see Eli, the woodcarver, after all. Punchinello walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill, and there he stepped into the woodcarver's shop. His little wooden eyes widened at the size of everything he saw. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tippy toes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard and thought to himself, I'm not staying here. And he turned to leave. As he was turning to leave, he heard his name called out, Punchinello. The voice said, so deep and strong. Just then Punchinello stopped. The voice said, Punchinello. Oh, how good it is of you to come. I have been waiting to see you. Come up here and let me have a look at you. Punchinello slowly turned around and looked at the large bearded craftsman and said, uh, uh, Sir, you know my name? Uh, of course I know your name. I made you, Eli said. All of a sudden, Eli stooped down, picked up little Punchinello and set him on the workbench. Hmm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he inspected all of the gray dot circles all over him. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. Punchinello explained, oh, oh, Eli, I, I didn't mean to. I, I really didn't mean to. I really tried hard. The maker said, oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, my child. I don't really care what the other Weemicks think. Punchinello responded, Really? You don't? Then Eli said, no, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? Aren't they Weemix just like you? What they really think doesn't matter at all, Punchinello. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are pretty special. Punchinello laughed. Oh, come on, me, special? How can I be special? I can't walk fast. I can't jump high. My paint is pe uh, peeling. I make all kinds of silly mistakes all the time. I am not a beautiful weemick like all of the others. How could I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those little wooden shoulders, and spoke very slowly. Because, Punchinello, you are mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never let, had anyone look at him like this before or say anything so nice, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Punchinello, every day I've been waiting and hoping that you would come to see me, Eli explained. Punchinello looked up at him and said, I, I came because I met a sweet weemick girl who had no marks. Eli said, I, I know. Lucia told me about you. So Punchinello asked, why don't the stickers stay on Lucia? Eli said, because she has decided that what I think is more important than what anyone else thinks. The stickers only stick if you let them. 
Punchinello looked puzzled and said, what? Eli said, yes, the stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you will care about those stickers. But Punchinello said, I- I'm not sure I really understand. W- what are you saying? The maker said, you will, but it will take some time. You've got a lot of marks. So for now, just come to see me every day and let me remind you of how much I care about you. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench, set him on the floor. Now remember, Eli said as the wee mink walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart, he thought, I think he really means it. And each time he remembered what Eli told him, and each time he went to visit and talk with Eli, one of Punchinello's dots would fall off. They kept falling off, and soon they were all gone. You are not the same. You are not the label you have been given. You are not the sum total of your stickers that have been stuck upon you by society. You were, but now you have been cleaned. You have been set apart and you have been forgiven by God. And so today, you are different. Start walking in the freedom that God has given you. Now I realize today that that verse really just applies to those who have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of their lives. It only applies to those who have a relationship with the Creator God. If you want that to apply to your life, you've got to begin a relationship with Him. And how do you begin a relationship with God? You come to Him saying, God, I'm sorry for what I have done. I confess my sins to you and I want to enter into a relationship with you. I want to receive you as my Lord and Savior, the king of my life that we have been singing about. I want you to be king of my life. When you do that, you will begin a relationship with him. And every day you go back to him and you talk with him and you walk with him and you worship him and you learn from him. And as you do, the labels and the dots just naturally start to fall away. So I want to encourage you today, if you've never entered into that relationship, that you make today the freedom day, the day where you step into freedom by saying, Jesus, I want you to come into my life and I want to be set free and I'm sick of being the label that I have had applied to me or that I believe about myself. I want to be different from this day forward. As we close this out today, would you pray with me? Father God, I am so grateful that we have true freedom. No no matter what our circumstances, we can have freedom in you. You have made us new creations and you have given us a new identity and you have given us a new set of desires and you have given us a new purpose. But I realize, Lord, that there are some in this room that haven't had that because they have never come to you in relationship with you. 
And I pray today, Lord, that this would be the freedom day for many people in this room or those that are watching, where they would say, Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive me and help me to have that kind of relationship with you. Father, we thank you today. We glorify to you. We praise you today because you are the creator God, the almighty God, the king who has set us free. Lord, as we leave this place today, help us to walk in the newness of life, the freedom that you have given us as new creations with a new identity and new desires with a brand new purpose. We thank you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. Thanks so for checking out that message from Journey Church. We pray that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to this ministry, be sure to head over to journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your generous contributions allow us to continue making content like this week after week. So thank you for your generosity so that we can keep spreading the message of Jesus Christ all over the internet. Hey, God bless you guys, and thanks for listening to this message.